This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 226 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Bacon Covered Resolutions. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Stable Comfort by Promat, Fleeceworks, and Charles Owen. You can find them all at StableScoop.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own flight swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Well howdy Helena Howdy Glenn How are you? I'm just Ducky, how are you? Ducky? You're Ducky? Yeah. You could be ducky down here. We've had a lot of rain the last couple of days in Florida, so uh, I'm sure the ducks are very happy. I here. wouldn't mind being down there right now. It's Today, I think we got our first taste of winter. It's only 40 degrees here today, and that's not fun. And uh, looking forward to the big snowstorm at Christmas, only two weeks away? What do you mean? There's a big snowstorm coming? <laughs> no. Well, you can wish. You can hope. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You can hope that Christmas has some snow. I like snow. I don't mind snow at all, actually. It's just cold. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know it has to be cold snow to snow, but it. really, you know what? It's warmer when it snows. I mean, it has to be warm enough for precipitation to fall. So really, you know, you snowing's okay. You haven't deep freeze yet this year, though, have you? No. I, I mean, there's a skim coat of ice on top of the outside water buckets, but Yeah, you haven't gotten it. that zero degrees yet. You have that no. to look forward to. I know. Yeah. Hey, I want to mention we have a lot of guests coming up on today's show, so we're going to get right to it. Uh, we have Kat with her monthly Eat Your Tart Out segment. We're going to talk, be talking a little bit about food every month because, you know, there's one thing that horse people do besides clean stalls and, and uh, ride horses, and that's eat. We all eat. So uh, we're going to have our horse friend Kat come on. She does the Eat Your Tart Out blog. And then... We have uh, the last partner helmet series with uh, dressage rider Courtney King Dye. Of course, it was her fall that really caused that whole movement to begin. Uh, Anna Twinney, who I know is a favorite of ours here on on the show, is going to be back on with us. This this time we're going to be talking about goal setting for your horse for the new year. And how can you keep your goals? Because, you know, we all set them. We all say, oh, we're going to do this, and we make New Year's resolutions, and then it lasts a week, and we don't. <laughs> well, so. speak for yourself. <laughs> So no, it's I true. I, it's I true. You come out of the gate strong and, and forward and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk to her about how we might actually keep one or two of those resolutions. <laughs> and then uh, we have our Tack and Habits segment coming up as well with the uh, author of uh, a cute little kid's book coming on here in a little bit. But first I wanted to mention there was something... and I remember seeing this on one of the shows that tries to... TV shows, like reality TV shows, that tries to raise money for a project. I can't remember which one, but I, I saw it on Facebook today, and I just wanted to mention it as a, as a neat gift idea that has some meaning to it, too. And they're called Survival Straps, and they've been getting a lot of press this year. And what they are is 
bracelets or or watch bands that you 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 put on your wrist and they're but they're made out of parachute nylon and why they're called survival straps is not only are they pretty and of course you know wristbands are really big right now um, is that you can actually cut the you can actually pull the one end of it and the whole thing unravels to become this long rope that you can use in emergencies for whatever uh, you could even what I thought of is you go somewhere or you're out and your horse gets loose and you run out to catch him and you realize you don't have a lead rope you can actually c- take your survival strap off and uh, unravel it and you have yourself a lead rope. <laughs> Um, That's cute. Isn't that cute? I like the, I like the idea. And they're pretty, aren't they? These bracelets are kind of cute. I don't think yeah. I'd want to trash my bracelet to well, save my horse. Well, if you do, this is what's cool. I just cool. throw rocks at them and get them back into the paddock. <laughs> what you can do if you do trash it for whatever reason, you know, you have to use it. And it, by the way, this is parachute nylon. It's super strong. Yeah. So, But you can actually send it back to the to the company, write a little description of why you used it, and they'll send you a new one. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? I like the clasps. The clasps are really cool. Yeah, this is a neat little product. And what's really cool is if you buy $100 of these in gifts this holiday season, they're sending Deployed Warriors a care package uh, in your name. Deployed Soldiers? Yep, yep. So those, I don't think they call them warriors anymore. They call That's them a couple warriors. thousand years old. They call them warriors. Um, because, Although they are warriors. Okay, so they're sending these out to – wait, so – well, a portion of the proceeds go to deployed soldiers? Yes. What, what they do is they actually send these straps to soldiers. They have manly-looking camouflage ones and stuff. Yeah. And they send them to soldiers because who, who could use an emergency strap more than a soldier? You yeah, know? no kidding. Well, doesn't the yeah. Army supply them with those? Well, I <laughs> assume doesn't so. Doesn't but, their branch of them? But they actually have pictures of them opening them and, and whole units wearing them. And I think it's That's kind, awesome. kind of become a thing, you know? That's awesome. Um, and they could put their dog tags on them and everything. They, 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 they have dog special dog tag ones or where you can put emblems, uh, the, uh, army emblems or navy emblems, or you can put your kids' pictures on them. So, Are they made by um, ex-military? or? No, I don't know that story, but I do know they're all made in the USA. That's one of the big things that they're really proud of is that they are made in the USA. Perfect. So, That's um, perfect. What better reason to buy these as gifts? Yeah, and you go to survivalstraps.com. And there really are some good-looking ones, actually. Um, I know. I'm looking at the red. I'm looking at two of them. are really kind of sweet looking there. I, I like the weaves that they have. Like someday. the, you know, they're they're woven, right? They're woven. Yep. Yep. Ropes. So it, yep. it. They're pretty. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're pretty. I didn't want to use the word pretty, yes, they are, <laughs> but whatever. They are, they are they're pretty. pretty. Yeah, they are pretty. Except for the manly ones, which are manly. <laughs> which are manly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just wanted to give them a plug. You know, they're. It's not an advertiser. Just something I thought was pretty cool. Um. Well, let's go to, speaking of pretty cool, it's always pretty cool for me to talk about food because I absolutely love food. I eat food all the time, and I probably (laughs) show it now more than I ever did in the past. And Helena just embarrasses all because she lost all that weight, and she's skinny and looks hot, and then I'm not. So uh, let's get to Kat with our monthly Eat Your Tart Out segment. Kat is from the blog, Eat Your Tart Out. We have my favorite guest ever on with us today and she's got I mean uh, she's been here with us before but we're going to talk about some recipes today and that's Kat from Eat Your Tart Out. Hi Kat. Hi guys how are you guys doing? Great. Hungry. (laughs) All right. Well, I was reading the show notes for your segment and now I'm like drooling. 
Yes. Well, it is a great recipe that I have for everybody. And one of the things that Helena and um, Glenn both asked me to do today was come up with something that was easy. Because around the holidays, horse people especially, you're trying to, you know, be out at the barn, but you're also trying to shop for gifts. And there's just a million things going on. So I thought one of the recipes that I always pull out when I'm kind of flying around last minute is bacon-wrapped chestnuts. Now, everybody loves bacon-wrapped scallops, but... What if you don't have scallops? What don't you, you know? If you don't have access to them, like I'm in Missouri, and I don't think I can get scallops to save my life right now. So it's kind of one of those <laughs> things where you try it with water chestnuts, and you still get a really, really, really awesome appetizer. Um, so you're basically just taking bacon and you're wrapping water chestnuts in them. So you can find water chestnuts usually in the Asian section of any supermarket or canned goods store, and. Again, I am in Missouri. I was able to find them very easily. So I'm assuming pretty much everybody has access to them. And you just wrap them up in bacon, stick a toothpick in them so they stay together. You put them in your oven at about 400 degrees for about 40 minutes. And you can make them two ways. Um, I like a sweet one personally. And so what I'll do is I'll sprinkle brown sugar over top of them, chop up some rosemary, and broil them that way. Some people prefer doing more of like a barbecue type sauce where you just take ketchup, brown sugar, and then a little bit of Worcestershire sauce and throw that as a sauce and baste them before you throw them in the oven. And either way, you still get a really amazing, great appetizer that is no fuss, no muss. No fuss, no muss, and it involves bacon. I don't think I've ever eaten a water chestnut. Yes, you have. Have you ever had Chinese food? I don't think I have, to be honest with you. They're the little, like, white discs. I mean, the, they don't come as this. They come as orbs, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. They're, they, well, they do sell them as little discs, too. But these ones for this recipe, you're using the little orbs. They're in a can? And they're in a can, yep. Yeah. So you're going to drain all the water from them. And they really, they don't have much of a flavor, to be quite honest. They usually take up the flavor of your sauce that you're usually using in a stir fry and things like that. But they have a nice bite to them. And so when you put them at a high temperature and have bacon coating them and all the fat and goodness from bacon, they really turn out nicely. And it's something that, you know, again, just it's much easier to find than scallops, you know, this time of year. Huh. Of course, you put a bacon on anything, it tastes better. You know, you put bacon on exactly. your shoe, it's going to taste great. Because <laughs> <laughs> you put bacon on your shoe, right? <laughs> you know, we've really got, you know what would be really good, too? I was just thinking, we've really gotten into lately, the one store around here has pepper bacon, where they, mm-hmm. you know, they coat the outsides with peppercorns, and yeah. uh, it's so tasty. It would really be good with this, because it would pick up the peppery flavor, too. Oh, look, Absolutely, now he's yes. making up recipes, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this one, is, is that you really can play around with it. Like, they do have the maple uh, bacon as well, and that's something that... I would do that. You could do rosemary with that so you kind of get the sweet and the savory from that, too. I mean, you can mix it up in so many different ways, and which is kind of fun for this. As long as you've got bacon and water chestnuts, whatever you got in your pantry, try it. It's very easy to do. Very holiday-ish, too, you know, chestnuts roasting on the open fire. But I assume that's a different kind of chestnut. Very much so, yes. Yeah, I think those <laughs> would be a little hard. Of course, horses have chestnuts, too. Let's not forget that. But that's a completely different thing, too. And we don't roast them and eat them, just in case you are (laughs) wondering. That's a good thing. Ooh, they look gross. (laughs) Oh, he's on a roll today. Oh, boy. Boy. So, and how long total from from prep time to finish, you think? Usually prep time, you're just slicing bacon, rolling them up. So that takes probably about 10 to 15 minutes when you make the sauces, too, or if you're just sprinkling brown sugar. So it's about 15 minutes of prep time at the most. And then you're looking at about a half hour to 45 minutes of cook time 
which, you know, then that way you can go and shower or you can go do some other errands while you're letting them cook up. And then you can also, too, if you just want to cook them up ahead of time and then want to bring them to a party and all they have to do is just reheat them, it takes about five minutes on broil for them to reheat up again. So if you needed to make this ahead of time, it's also really, really good and easy appetizer to do. That's a good idea. Put them on broil. So five minutes, broil, take them with you. Or take them with mm-hmm. you, five minutes on broil. Got it. And do the, do the water chestnuts, do they stay firm or they get soft or what? As long as you're cooking them at a higher temperature. So you're playing that game a little bit of if you try and put them on broil the entire time, you just end up singeing the bacon and the water chestnuts would be really crispy. Yeah. So usually I recommend about 400 degrees for about a half hour to 45 minutes because it depends on the cut of the bacon that you have too. So you just want to make sure your bacon is cooked through. And the water chestnuts usually have a little bite, not as much as if you take them fresh out of the can. Okay. All right. Well, that's something that that's not a recipe you see every day. No, I love no. it. <laughs> well, you this know is what... what makes Eat Your Tart Out different than, like, one. Of, I follow um, Eat Your Tart Out on Facebook, and I, the, the thing I love most about it is it's just, it's unique. It's obviously, they're all ingredients that you can find just about anywhere. That's one of the things that I think that makes it so great. But it's the combination that's so unique, something you wouldn't think of. And then the taste, it almost, it's like, ooh, I wonder how that tastes. Ooh, I want to try that. There's always an ooh <laughs> with every one of her posts. Ooh. Well, you know, awesome. the post I was looking at, Kat, that I really liked, because I'm a gadget guy, you know, Glenn the Geek. Uh, and uh-huh. I especially love, who doesn't like kitchen gadgets? I mean, I go into the that, that big Sonoma's whatever, and William Sonoma's, and it's just like, oh, man. But uh, what you did an uh, article today, I, or no, November 27th, Gadgets, Holiday, Beverage, Must-Haves. And you found some of the most unique stuff for gifts for, that revolve around beverages. Some really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, I figured because I'm in the middle of a big move, um, I didn't have time to do a regular post as far as recipes and things like that because they are, you know, it's a couple hours worth of time that it takes. Um, so I decided to get together, especially with the holidays. People are always looking for fun and interesting gifts. So I did one on baking a lot on beverages. And, like, the Scotch Advent calendar I thought was, like, one of those really pricey items, but how cool is that? Instead of chocolate, you get scotch. But then you also have a ton of gadgets on there as well. So it's pretty fun. I looked at the one. The one gadget I saw on there that I really thought was cool was the uh, Big Heart Decanter, um, mm-hmm. which is which is the one you put the wine in, and it's all it's it's a bottle, but it's it's shaped funny. It has all these little tubes and stuff, and I just thought it was cool looking. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I mean, some people looked at it and they're like, oh my gosh, why would you ever buy something like that? But me being a geek too, I loved it. It was just, it was one of those. And plus I love Halloween, so it was kind of a really fun and unique gift. So sometimes there's those people on your list that you just are like, what am I going to get them? And that's like, oh my gosh, that's totally it. (laughs) It's shaped kind of like the arteries in a heart. So when you put red wine in it, it gives you that effect. I just thought it was The arteries, it is a little creepy. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I guess. And then if you put white wine in it, it's going to look like like a urine sample, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's very very beaker-like. That's what it is. It's very beaker-like. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. But... Still very cool. Like, I wouldn't mind owning one because you whip one of those babies out and the conversation's just going to flow. Yeah, exactly. The wine in the conversation Absolutely. is going to flow. I love these things. These are really cool. Well, this is very good. Cool. You've done a great job with it so far. It's eatyourtart, T-A-R-T-E, out.com is the website. You should follow it and follow them on Facebook as well. Thank you, Kat, for joining us. You'll be back again next month. Sounds good. We'll see you guys then.
Well, right after this word from Fleeceworks, we are going to bring you part six, the last part in our Holiday Helmet series that we are done in cooperation with Charles Owen and Riders for Helmets. And and this week we present to you Courtney King Dye, who was the dressage rider, Grand Prix dressage rider, who took a spill, actually uh, took a fall two years ago and had a severe head injury and has been in recuperation ever since. And she talks to us today about Riders for Helmets because it was because of her that Lindsay started Riders for Helmets and this huge campaign has gone forth and made a big difference in the world as far as helmet regulations are concerned. So we're going to talk to Courtney today. Now you have to listen a little bit closely, Helena, because she she did have a head injury, although her speech is getting much better. She's an absolutely delightful, lovely person. I love mm-hmm. talking to her. So let's hear from Courtney. Fleeceworks manufactures pure Australian merino sheepskin and merino wool saddle pads and accessories. Their pads produce a vital thermal balancing layer to pull excess moisture and heat away from the horse's back, allowing muscles to work at maximum capacity without overheating. Fleeceworks Australian merino wool is breathable and hydrophilic, able to hold and store 35% of its own weight in liquid. A longtime staple of the medical field, Australian merino fibers have no equal when it comes to delivering a temperature-controlled, pressure-absorbing layer. The Fleeceworks philosophy, minimum bulk, maximum performance, and they have a variety of anatomically correct pads incorporating technologies and designs that address the individual needs of every horse and rider. Ask for Fleeceworks saddle pads and accessories by name at your local tack and feed store or visit them online at fleeceworks.com. Glenn the Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network. We are excited to bring you a special holiday helmet mini-series, giving the gift of safety, purchasing a helmet for your loved ones at Christmas. In this final part, Lindsay from Riders for Helmets and I speak to dressage rider Courtney King Dye. It was Courtney's tragic fall two years ago that was the inspiration behind the Riders for Helmets campaign. Courtney has been working very hard in physical therapy on her recovery. Let's hear how Courtney is doing right after we thank Charles Owen for sponsoring this series. When Charles Owen himself founded the company in 1911, his mission was to make products for a safer world. The incorporation of the latest technology and protection, fit, and ventilation allows you to focus on riding in the knowledge that your Charles Owen helmet will take the very best care of you. Safety, comfort, fit, all wrapped up in a helmet that is the epitome of style in each discipline. Why wait any longer? Nothing says you can't care more than the gift of a Charles Owen helmet for the holidays. There's a trained helmet fitter waiting in your local tax store, or you can find Charles Owen helmets at any of your favorite online tack outlets. Give the gift of safety and style this Christmas with Charles Owen. Well, hello, Lindsay. Welcome back to your series here that we're doing on helmets. I appreciate you joining us again. Hi, Glenn. And of course, we have Courtney King die with us. And hello again, Courtney. Hi. Thank you so much for taking time out to join us on what we feel is a, a very important topic, and I know you do as well, and that's that's the topic of helmets. And we have to congratulate you for winning a terrific prize by the FEI, the Against All Odds Award. Did they notify you ahead, or was this a surprise for you? Oh, no, it's a funny story. They couldn't get a hold of me for some reason, so they actually called Lindsay because 
female, she's in charge of me. So she's the one who told me. <laughs> Lindsay, you must have been excited too. I was so excited. I, I think I nearly wet my pants when they told me. Tony <laughs> I was like, wow, I was so totally excited. I was like, really? I get to tell her? That's so cool. And and this award is really for athletes who have had challenges and who have met them and, and exceeded expectations. And you actually had the opportunity to get over to Europe to accept the award, didn't you? Yes, I did. Now I'm so happy about that. And then Trump, um, I think probably the best thing about it, other than the Turkish July, of course, is that the IBI was very enthusiastic about Wardes for Hamas and promoting the safety campaign. And and I have to add on the air that you looked absolutely terrific. We're going to put your picture in the show notes so everybody can see you accepting the award. Mm-hmm. It, it just goes to show that horse girls can get all dressed up. And it's not often, but it was very fun. <laughs> now, <laughs> tell me, Courtney, um, you know, how do you feel about your accident be, kind of being a catalyst for the global movement on helmet wearing? Because it was because of you that Lindsay really started Riders for Helmets. So it, it all comes back to you, all the changes that are really being made now. Yeah, um, I mean, that makes me feel really good about my accident because um, I think it needed to have an Olympian injured and have a heart injury to make it, um, make him so important because it shows that um, level of skill has nothing to do with safety. So it just... Uh, like had to happen for uh, to one Olympian, so may as well be me. I'm fine. I'm happy about it, and it is real important. I obviously, for many years, didn't believe in riding a helmet other than on young or dangerous horses. So that. Uh, hopefully, I mean, Lindsay's doing a great thing by um, trying to have everyone learn from an accident that gives my accident purpose, me so um, special. And uh, you know, we all we all wish that this didn't happen in this way. Uh, but you know, we, we we don't have a choice about that now, and it did. And and uh, you know, I I think you're inspiring in the fact that you're also back in the saddle again, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. And and doing yeah. Well, luckily the coma made me forget everything, so there's not an answer here. So there's what? I missed that end. None ounce of fear. Oh, gotcha. Very good. Well, now you also, uh, you, you know, while you were over there, did you find that the FEI and and everybody that's there is now really aware of Riders for Helmets? And do you think that that this subject is on the forefront of the FEI's minds at this point? Oh, for sure. I I can't tell you how many people talk to me about it unprovoked 
So um, they were really enthusiastic about it. One of the things we've talked about in the symposiums that have been put on by by Riders for Helmets is the fact that it has to become sort of second nature and it has to become the style. And the fact that she was not penalized by the judges. We know now that wearing a helmet, you're not going to get penalized by judges, is a huge step in getting more people to do it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I I think more than anything is that she's a great role model. Like, the thing is that when people show, that's when people are watching them. So if people are at home, even, I if they wear the helmet at home or warm up and then put in the top of to show, that is not powerful because that's not what people watch. So the fact that she went in the biggest worst stage and wore a helmet just is, um, like shows people that it's right and it's possible and it's cool. Where do you uh, take this a little bit different direction? Let's talk about you a little bit. What do you have coming up personally for 2013 with your riding and everything? I have a really great horse who is in the London Olympics for 1A rider. Um, and um, another client of mine, she's been uh, helped me, been a client since I was 16 years old. And she bought a horse for me, and he's now seven. She bought him when he was three, when I was able-bodied. And she went to sell him and buy a, a, pair, of, a pair of horse. And so my hopes are to be able to go for the wig. Oh, is that right? On the parasite, Courtney? Yeah, yes, on the parasite, of course. Well, we can't wait to see you in the next World Equestrian Games, that's for sure. Now, Lindsay, what's coming up with Riders for Helmets in 2013? Oh, yeah, we have some really exciting things coming up. We're in the process of planning the fourth uh, safety symposium, which will be held in the United States. And then uh, we have very exciting, I was just telling Courtney about this on the phone the other evening, that we are planning our first international safety symposium for next year as well. So that's very, very exciting. And then, of course, we'll be holding the fourth International Helmet Awareness Day. And we really hope we're going to get even more uh, retailers around the globe participate than they did this year, which was, I think, over 600 retailers in four countries this year, which was phenomenal. So hopefully we'll take that to the next level as well. Um, and I just want to say, you know, I don't think people perhaps, you know, perhaps some people that are not involved with dressage, for example, might not realize just what an impact Courtney has had. Um, but her videos and articles on the Riders for Helmets website have been viewed and, and read now over a combined total of 100,000 times. Um, and that's huge, hugely, hugely significant. And I kind of don't think Courtney even realizes the catalyst that she's really been for this massive global helmet movement. And just, I'm just so totally proud of her. I really, really am. And, um, you know, she's taken so much of the stigma out of having a head injury as well, because it just shows that, you know, um, even with one's own personal misfortune, if you have the right attitude, you can still achieve so much, which she's done from the not only the education standpoint, 
but for just getting back on a horse and, and aiming to compete for our country again. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Well, thank you to both of you. Thank you, Courtney, and thank you, Lindsay, and best of luck uh, in 2013, Courtney. Thanks, Dylan. Thank you to Riders for Helmets for everything they do for helmet awareness and safety. You can visit them at ridersforthenumber4helmets.com. And thank you to Charles Owen. You can visit them at charlesowen.co.uk. And you can hear all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. I thought, you know, every year, Helena, about this time of year, we, we do a show where we talk about resolutions and, you know, what's coming up uh, for the new year and your horses. So I, I thought, who could we get on this year? And I thought, you know, the one that really came to my mind, because she's always so smart, it's much smarter <laughs> than both of us, and that's Anna Twinney. And she is, of course, of Reach Out to Horses fame. She's been on our show a number of times talking about various things. And I did a one-on-one with her, if you remember right. Uh, we talked about animal communication. Uh, yes, that was one of my favorite episodes ever. You know, when you asked me in the All Hosts episode which one of which episode was my favorite, I did have to fight. The one you weren't on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't schedule when I was on. But that's definitely, uh, that, was, that was a contender. I absolutely loved uh, where you guys went with that and the way she handled it. I, they're so... You know, uh, there's so, uh, I don't want to say natural horsemanship, but horse trainers can be a dime a dozen, but really solid ones who are in it for, according to me, <laughs> all the right reasons and reach out to other people, you know, to other interested horse people um, in a in a true and clear way. Anna is hands down the best that there is. Very good. Well, let's talk to Anna Twiney, or Twinney, rather, about the new year and, and how we can keep those resolutions. Well, howdy, Anna. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Glenn. It's great to be back. Hello, Helena. It's Hello. great to be on, on a very different show as well today. Yes. It's we, kind of neat. The well, talking horses, but then outside the box, right? Yeah, but, you know, when we did think about doing this year-end show where we were talking about uh, resolutions and, and being positive and upbeat for the new year and talking about goals with your horse, we thought about you because you're one of the most positive, upbeat people we know. And we got talking about that special episode you and I did, the one-on-one about animal communication. And Helena just said that was one of her favorite episodes of the Stable Scoop show. And I said, well, you weren't on it. So I... <laughs> He's so kind, isn't he? I was going to say, I'm not sure if that came out right. I know it didn't, actually. It didn't come out right. Um, I, d- I love talking about animal communication, and maybe we should do it again where Helena can be on it, and she can ask all go. the questions she wants. Told you I loved her. Told you, told you. <laughs> so you can actually get asked some intelligent questions. Um, let's do this. Let's talk about goal setting with your horse. I wonder how many people actually, at the end of the year, we all sort of set resolutions and things for ourselves, but I wonder how many people that aren't real competitors. Let's take the top-level Olympians out of the picture here. Um, Let's just take your average horse owner who's competing at lower levels or just riding trail riding or things like that. I wonder how much many of us actually do set goals for our horse for the new year or, or resolutions. Do you have any idea on that? You know what, I, I also think you're quite right. People will go along in sort of, I say in that 
contentness of discontent in a way. So mm. they're comfortable in their discomfort. And it would take, to a degree, something rather large for a change to come about. So, for example, if they're a little fearful to ride or the connection's not quite there um, or they're not... Um, they don't have the confidence to go and compete. I think a lot of people and my clients will hold back to go and push that to one side because it doesn't become a priority. So I do think it's something to look at to say, this is a joint venture. This is also about you. It's about that self-development. It's about how you see yourself in the world and who you want to be. And certainly when you look back on each month or each year or part of your life, how much of an imprint did you have wanted, wanted to make, be it with your horse or for yourself? And if we tie that in, Glenn, that it is about your horse, but it's also about you, then one can get that personal growth going too. Because I, I've thought about this in that sense to say, what, what is it that people would want? Would it be connecting with the horse, riding more, improving riding skills, competing, bringing the horse back to fitness, escaping into wilderness, riding holidays, attending clinics, education, equine advocacy, career in horses? So I've just thrown that out at people to say, where does this fit for you? What is it that you've always wanted to do? Well, there's no better time than now. And there truly is no better time than today because it's 12, 12, 12. That's right. So it's a really, really cool day that you've um, brought me in on the show because I've circled it in my diary and said, today is the day. You know, today's the day to actually create and manifest. Today's hmm. that day. And a matter See, of fact, she lives are- it. Like this is what, what's so great about Anna is she doesn't just preach it, but she lives it. It's so inherent in her being and her essence. So, like goal setting comes naturally to you, doesn't it? And and following <laughs> it through, does. and so following through. So you know, it doesn't. I think goal setting comes naturally for a lot of people in the form of I want to do X, Y, or Z. But then taking that amorphous concept goal and whittling it down into a tactical path to achieving that goal where do you start you're just your average joe where do you what's the first thing you say to yourself you know the first thing i would do is ask myself how important is this to me because let's look at that let's look at self-fitness for example how important is this for me because you know Helena, if we look at anything if we look at an appointment if we look at a party if we look at clinics and people being no-shows on the day. What If there's not a health reason or emergency, what it shows is that wasn't the priority. That is not the priority for them that time, that day, that moment, that year. It's not a priority. So the first thing to say is, how important is this for me? How much will this affect my life and how important is it? So it's the same as giving up certain food types or wanting to lose weight. How important is that to me? If it's really, really important, we'll make steps towards the change very quickly. And if it's not, I'll continue. So the intention, it comes back to the intention to say, I need to look at myself for the intention for my horse. So if we're looking at the goals for the horse, what's my intention? So is it to get fit myself and therefore my horse gets fit with me? And how neat is that, that we team up to do that? And so I would say that's your first step. Now we could go forward into it to come with a vision board or putting it on the fridge or doing a business plan, depending on who you are and how creative you are. You might not be spiritual. 
So the spiritual people would cut out um, things from the magazine and create this beautiful vision board that you can look at, meditate on, um, and look at the future in short-term and long-term goals. Maybe you're not that person, and maybe you need to put it into writing to say what's feasible, and you compartmentalize uh, with the finances and the fun and the time frame. So there's some F's in there to come back with to go what's possible for me financially because it's easy to look at the obstacles. It's always very, very easy to say I don't have the money to invest in this or I don't have the time right now or I'm not fit enough, I am not good enough, um, I don't have the qualifications. It's very easy to go into the negative mindset and instead truly look at the positive side to say what is possible. So what we need is solutions. We need the solutions. And this comes all into goal setting to come back to what is possible for me today. What can I do? And then put the focus on that. And that's the first step, I believe. So in effect, to answer it in short, and if I had to say sort of a word, it's a mindset. And that's what we're looking at. Do you think also that we tend to... We tend to go crazy and list about 15 things that we want to change instead of just focusing on one or two that we can actually accomplish. I do think that's possible. And if I look at myself there, Glenn, I've accomplished by year-end the ninth DVD release, and I'm pretty pleased about that. That was the Rocky Mountain Horse Expo. What I haven't accomplished, and there is so much more, and I have like eight book ideas, and so it doesn't mean it wasn't successful. It means in the time frame that I have, it just hasn't been possible up until now. So you look at the focus again to say, what focus do I have and what's important? Well, it was always the DVDs because they're visual. I'm a visual learner. I love, love to see it and to be able to say, okay, that's the action. So hence, I focused on the DVDs first. But then I look at it to say, okay, I've got eight book ideas. Where do I start? Instead of getting completely overwhelmed by eight, which is just not possible at this time, I would look at the one, which one's actually the one that would be the easiest for me to get on that ladder. And then which one would be the most fun for me? Which one is sort of 75% completed? So, for example, with the DVDs, you can get transcripts. So the transcripts there. So that means that book idea is already moving forward, 50% completed because there's a transcript. So you look at that to go, well, let me weigh it up. Do I go for the one with the transcript? Do I go with the one that helps me ease into that industry? Do I go with the one that speaks to my heart the most? And you then make that list to say, how do we prioritize this so that we don't get overwhelmed? What happens is when you're too overwhelmed with everything, that's when you watch the movies and lie on the sofa. That's when you don't do anything, don't, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. It's awful, isn't it? You stay in it's bed. It's paralyzing. You don't even want to shower. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's paralyzing. And so you have to make bite-sized chunks. And, and that's different for everybody. We're, Helena, you were saying we're all unique on that front. And so it doesn't mean, like, for me, I might go, okay, I'm going to start three books at the same time. Well, for somebody else, start a chapter. Write an article for a magazine. Just start there. It's that simple in that sense. And if that's not easy for you, write the bullet points. Write it out. Allow somebody else to help you. So you go to, the, to what works for you. Keep on looking at the solution. Keep on looking at the goal. Keep on looking at the, the, the end result, uh, keeping your eye on the target. And I think that's, that's helpful then. Well, there was one goal, Helena, that we, we can't fail to mention this, that Anna achieved this year. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. I think she knows <laughs> what one. I'm talking about. And uh, we don't hear any screaming in the background, so I guess that's a good thing. So she's successful. <laughs> so I'd be blushing now if you could actually. <laughs> oh, bless. Tell us about your baby. Uh, Joseph is adorable. You, you know what? I will tell you a little story um, because the actual carrying of him, so the, the time of having him, it was really wonderful. And I did work throughout, and I worked actually two days up until I gave birth. I would have worked longer, but he was seven weeks early. So so we were driving back from Connecticut, of all places. We'd reached Missouri, and Joseph decided it was time. And so I hadn't been to any classes, never really picked up a baby, but changed the diaper. And here the waters broke, but you say, oh, my goodness, I think we're here. We ended up staying there for three weeks here in in the NICU. Isn't Missouri um, the show-me state, by the way? Missouri what? Isn't Missouri known as the show-me state? I don't know if it's known as that, but we were in, what what was it, Columbia, I think it is, Missouri, and we were 10 hours from Colorado, and in one sense, I just thought, why couldn't he have hung on, because the dogs, we had to fly people in to take the dogs home, had to change all my clinics that I had planned, and it was one of those beautiful moments that there's there's no time for babies. They just come when they decide. And um, he, he's been beautiful. And so he came with us, Vin and I and the dogs, went to Cody, Wyoming in August. And I was gentling Mustangs and starting Mustangs under saddle and right back into the swing of things. And he came with me to Arizona for the animal communication class. And he's a beautiful little baby. And it is that funny thing. You look at um, choice. Helena, that's another one. Every time you sort of speak, there's other choices. And I look at choices, and some of my friends would have had a year off having a baby, um, and I didn't. I had a few days off, and then I was working in the hospital. And then that is the choice to say it's important to me to spread the word on the Mustangs. It's important to me to open minds on animal communication. But it's also equally important to see a little boy grow up. And it's that balance to say, how can we make this work rather than saying, you know what, would I have to give it up or stop for a few years or or slow down? Actually, the business has grown. The business hasn't slowed down. We adapted. We've created a webinar or two to adapt so that I'm at home with him as well. And then next year, um, then the family will come to Connecticut for a month. We're all going to Wyoming again for the month. And he's coming to England and France as well. So we've incorporated, we've blended, and we're certainly making it work. And I do believe, if we are looking at goals, that if you look at this, not only with the heart, but also objectively, you can make anything happen. You can make those dreams come true. He's going to have more frequent flyer points than most adults. (laughs) But, you know, it's true. And, and, you know, some people will poo-poo how much traveling he's done. And, you know, uh, there's a school of thought where babies just kind of need to stay home and be, be, I don't know what, eat and sleep. Like they can't eat and sleep with their moms. But I love the fact that he's with you because I think even at such a young age, it's incredibly important for them to be, to see you, smell you, touch you, feel you on a regular basis. And, um, you know, whether you are traveling, whether you're working with Mustangs or you're working on a DVD or doing clinics, um, the frequency that you can 
physically interact with your baby right. is really, really important. So I think that's awesome that he's going to be traveling everywhere with you. I'm psyched yeah, you, for him. You do the best you can. And, and me can't come to um, Denmark and Germany. I'm going there in May, and that will be tough. And it's not like my heart isn't torn between the two. But in order to make this true difference in the lives of these horses, there's also certain sacrifices you make that you say this is the balance of I'll take him where I can. Yep. I'll go where I have to on my own. I will take time off where I need to. And it's it truly is all about the balance. And here comes the choice, too, to say, what is the priority? What is the choice? What is the passion? What's the destiny? I mean, some people listening to this this interview will come back and they'll realize that not everybody can just sit at home because you need to be doing something. That's your destiny. Your destiny is to make a difference. And you're going to be miserable at home. You're going to be miserable giving things up. And so that's where your passion counts. And what a great example for those that have families. What a great example that you're living your life. You're making your passion pay. You're figuring it out to say, I'm not on that nine-to-five job. I am full of heart. I am making an imprint on this world and showing the children that. So I do think it's the way forward as well. Hmm. <laughs> we digressed you... a little, but hopefully it helps. Oh, we did, but that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's always how it goes, though. I mean, you've yeah, been on the show true. before. We never talk about what we say we're going to talk about. Uh, today, yesterday, again, I had, some, I, had a, I had a guest that's going to be coming on say, can you please send us a list of questions? I said, we can send you all the questions in the world. We're never going to ask you any of them because yeah, that's not how it goes. Hey, yeah, um, go with the flow, right? Yeah. How, how do you keep them? It's easy to set them. It's not as easy to keep them because life gets in the way. And, you know, and yeah. you, you're right. You get every excuse in the world. And you're probably the, you know, one of the best people at keeping them. I'm one of the worst. So we're, we got both sides here. Um, you know, because life gets in the way. And then all of a sudden you're saying, well, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes. And you're at new, next New Year's. Yeah, and maybe Helena should answer that then if she's the one in the middle. But uh, I think all three of us can contribute there. I'll tell you what helps me um, and those that know me and that will be listening is the scheduling. It's one of those things that animal communications will always, always come in. There's always an emergency. And like you said, there's always life that needs to happen. But if it's in my diary and if it's in there, like I schedule Excalibur and I'll schedule him for a chiropractic adjustment. And for that, us here in Colorado, it's a pretty big deal because it's an hour to him, an hour to the chiropractor, two hours there, an hour back. You're looking at a full day. So you have to allocate the full day. If I put it in the diary, it's in there. It's in there. And, and it's like that word is gospel. And then it happens. So that is something that helps me an awful lot is to say, all right, how do I plan out my day? And the same um, when it comes to any project, it would be to allocate a day for the project. Just yesterday, funnily enough, we went off the mountain and Vin and I went um, to look at merchandise. So we're looking to restock for the next year at Hat a new t-shirt we've got some great little um sayings that we want and verses on t-shirts and so it was scheduled and it was so funny you know things come up and then we say well we've got other priorities we've got the, the newsletters blah 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 and you go well actually it's scheduled so we're going and this is the first step towards the right direction looking at the hats it took two hours and now we've got to design the template for 
the store to create it. So the graphs, the graphics and all of that. So it's the beginning of the project. But if we see together that we put that on an immediate list and we have, we actually have three different lists, we'll have an ongoing list to say, you know what, here's the newsletter that's ongoing, etc. We'll have the immediate list um, that's a priority. So that would be the press release for the DVD. And that's actually looking at um, putting this the webinar, the animal communication webinar on CDs, etc. And then you've got a long-term list. That's the tough one, Glenn. To move that long-term list into the ongoing list, that's really tough. That's the one that tends to get pushed out. And that was the one for the last, we're looking at six years. To make the zero-budget business go, the idea came to me in 2006. It's now 2012 and so we're looking at the fact that it kept on getting pushed to one side because other priorities came in the way and then suddenly went now's the time this is the right time and that happened as a team so we we teamed up Vin and I are leading it together and so the timing felt right everything fell into place and we knew this is the time to launch it so so maybe it is tuning in with yourself to go does this feel like the right time and and what list is it on how important is this? When when does this need to be heard? That's a good way to say it. I just did a communication with a horse. That would sound odd to some people. Mm. And um, the horse was saying this trial needs to happen. It's an energy, energy healing trial. And the horse also said this needs to come out. It's ready to be born. A book is ready to be born. And you're holding it up to this client. So you look at that and go, wow, there's destiny. There's something ready to come out and they have to deliver it. They're the deliverer of it. And so look at it that way too, of you're delivering the message through media. You you know this is the right move to make. You've built on it year on year. You've done a tremendous job. The guests keep on coming at a drop of a hat. You get great guests. It's ready. The voice is ready to be heard. And so I guess listening to to intuition is another big portion. Helena, what are you, 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 speaking of years, you've had quite a year, and uh, you've accomplished some goals you've been wanting to do for, for some time. How do you keep them? What do you, and you're one of the most organized type A people I know. <laughs> I was one of the most organized. I'm still very much type A, but um, through some, some circumstances in my life that were way beyond my control, which is a challenge in, uh, in itself, um, I found myself very, very disorganized. And to the point where my life got away from me, um, you know, I couldn't find a pair of socks in the morning. So um, and one of the things that and right now I'm just getting to the point where um, I'm starting to tackle the bigger picture of being organized. And I think one of the things Anna said really, really hits home with me, and that is to take what needs to be done and break it down into easy to swallow bites because it can paralyze you when you get a glimpse of just how much you have to achieve, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's your riding goals, whether it's your career or just in general, like, you know, being a good parent kind of thing. Um, you have to break it down into small things and then tackle those small things. And it's kind of like dieting and losing weight too. If you succeed at one of those smaller pieces, it gives you the confidence and the momentum to tackle the next piece. And then you become fit. I think you become fit in an organizational way. So you, you start humming along and before you know it, the chunks that you're able to process are bigger and bigger and bigger and you're that much closer to your goal. Yeah. Wow, where'd that come from? 
<laughs> what was that? That was articulate and everything. Maybe I've been thinking about this a little bit. <laughs> well, this is what, tell us. You just mentioned a new project that you and your husband are working on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we just launched um, the zero budget business. And it has been several years in the making. And what happened, Glenn, is a number of my students and even outside individuals would come to me to say, can I take you to lunch or dinner? And I'd love to hear how to get successful. What was the key to your success? And so in the beginning, so for the past, I guess, five, ten years, I could do that. And now I've gotten so busy, it's impossible. And I also saw some of my trainer students and instructor students struggling with certain aspects of it. Everybody wants to do the horse piece. The horse training's the easier bit. And even if people are involved, the horse training's where the heart lies. But in order to be successful today... You have to have the combination of the business sense. You don't have to necessarily get a degree in business, but you certainly have to understand business. And with that, it's time-consuming. So if you're looking at a local business and you've got a ranch and you want to be at home and you want to draw the people, there will be certain steps to take. But if you're looking to travel um, nationally and internationally, and outside the box with passive income, there's so many steps to this for the personal growth. And that's where people get to the obstacles and it can become paralyzing. And so Vin and I teamed up and Vin has many talents. And so he brought his talents in there too because he teamed up with me oh, what was it, about 2005, 2006, he would have come on board with Reach Out to Horses. So he's been responsible for the majority of the marketing. So we've got at least two of us here. And if I'm not teaching and coaching and doing the consultations, I am actually marketing. And we've got the social marketing in there. You've got the constant contacts for the flyers. Um, there's, there's the radio. There is TV. There's a number of aspects to look at to say what's possible for the person in the horse world. And that could be the trainer, the instructor. But it, we're looking at acupressure, massage, Reiki, animal communication, shiatsu, oils, um, et cetera, et cetera, to say, how can we make your passions pay? What, what is it here for personal growth on the business to even look at you making income when you're sleeping? And so these, this is how it was born, and we created a 12-week seminar called it Zero Budget Business. I'll tell you why that happened. I started Monty Roberts' uh, Learning Center in Solvang, California, on a zero budget and although he was fairly famous in those days, we started it in 1997 and the fame had just come and he would draw business. I still had a zero budget business that I was dealing with on the farm, which included the maintenance of the horses, getting butts in the seats, getting the students back. Um, and so I started that and turned it around into six figures really, really nicely. So then when I left there and I started my own business, it's not like you take the thousands of clients with you. They have followed Monty Roberts. Some have gotten to know me. Some will want clinics. But at the same time, you're starting over. I wasn't lucky. I, didn't, um, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, as we say in England. I had no safety net and certainly no finances, no financial backing. And I had to be looking at the green card and moving forward in every aspect. So from the home, from the finances, from the business to the future, all of it. And I started Reach Out to Horses on a zero budget. And we've turned that around too. And it's been a huge growth annually. And 
exactly the same. We're in six figures. We're growing again each year. And I wanted to share that with my students, etc. So the 12 weeks includes guest speakers as well. It's neat because the other thing there, if we look at the millionaire's mind and we look at all the books out there from billionaires, I think it can be a little intimidating for some of the horse people that might say, I'm not looking at an empire here. I'm just looking at making making my passion. I just want to buy the hay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. I just want to afford my hobby. And that's the key. And so we can speak to people to say, first thing is, and this comes back to this whole um, day-to-day in our talk together in the chat, it comes back to what is it that you want? What is it that you see your future to be? That's the very beginning. What is your intention here? If we can get that down, we can look at how to create the business front, and it will all show in months and years to come. It will come together. Um, We do need to visualize, and the, the visualization is getting that business plan ready and having the thought and the clarity of it all. Then you do have to put the work in. And you guys know this. Nothing just comes to you. So it's not like you sit on your backside at home on the couch watching the movie with popcorn and say, okay, I visualize this. I've done my dream board. Let the universe answer. And here's my success. No, you have to do the legwork. You have to commit to this. Um, and truly show the universe that you are committed. And once you're committed, you're putting this action into place. You put the action into place, and yes, what you sow, you will reap. Well, uh, you, you, where people can learn more about uh, Anna in that clinic series she was just talking about, plus everything else she does, her calendar and schedule and everything, is at reachouttohorses.com. Thank you so much for joining us today again, Anna, and uh, congratulations on the little one. Thank you very much, Glenn. It's been a pleasure. Well, our, I'm just going to have to go set goals and actually keep them this year. <laughs> just make them small make, you know, them, I, make them chocolate bite size <laughs> I pick on myself a lot about that and I'm a little self-degrading that way but I you know I do do that I mean I do to some extent do that and or set we, goals or yeah I mean or well, we what would, do you think your goal is going to be for this year I see I don't know yet I haven't put my mind to it yet like she talked about I haven't taken and analyzed the the wants and the needs and the you know and taking a look at which one actually takes right. the precedent. And you do need to sit down with it. I mean, you, you think some people are like, oh, I know what I want. I know what I want. But really, when you sit down for a few minutes, you you don't. You, you have to hash it out in your brain. You know where I do it the best, I've discovered over the years, and it's going to sound funny, but it's true, is by myself at the beach. For some yeah, reason, quiet time. I, I think clearer when I'm at the beach. Maybe it's because, you know, I leave my phone in the car and I just, you know, sit there and, you know, some of my wackiest ideas have come from the beach. Jennifer won't let me go anymore because of that. But Because uh, you come back with wacky yeah, ideas that turn into new shows exactly. and make more work for her. Exactly. That's exactly right. So it's soon yeah. time for a beach break, I think. But it's uh, true. It's a very, it's a place where nothing distracts you. I mean, there's nothing there but sand and water and, and the wind. the waves. And oh, well, waves. and girls in bikinis. And girls that could bikinis, be a distraction. Maybe really that's your inspiration. Focus. Maybe you need a muse. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer will like that too. Sorry, Jen. I know he's got me all wrapped up in the bacon and water chestnuts and goals. I don't know what I'm saying. All right, let's uh, let's do our tack and habit segment, which is brought to you this week by Stable Comfort by Promat. Hey, folks. Coach Jen here from the Horse Tip Daily Show. All of us as horsemen mull over our horse's nutrition and stress out over their stress level and fret about their fitness. But when is the last time you puzzled over your horse's lounging and sleeping comfort? 
Research has shown us over and over that quantity as well as quality of rest and sleep are crucial for top athletic performance as well as overall well-being. Enter Stable Comfort by Promat. Astute horsemen everywhere have been trusting Stable Comfort by Promat to provide unsurpassed comfort for their equine charges as well as an efficient and economical stall flooring system that saves them both labor and betting dollars. Still not sure? Well, here's what one of Stable Comfort by Promat's customers has to say. When I built my first custom stables slightly more than eight years ago, one of my greatest concerns was the stall mat selection. Frankly, I would rather have no stall mats than mats that constantly shift, tripping horses and requiring extra shavings to hide the problems in an attempt to make horses comfortable. And most of all, I dreaded the burden of having to move heavy mats and repack stall foundations. Mission accomplished, thanks to Promat, for delivering an excellent product. The horses love it because it is comfortable. I love it because it looks perfect, even after eight years. We bed the stalls only as needed and use far less shavings than I ever could have had imagined. And it takes less time to clean the stalls when using less bedding. And that's from Ann Dewarge of Little Rock, Arkansas. But the accolades don't stop there. Head on over to StableComfort.com and find out why champions like Nick Skelton, Mary King, and Chris Cox use Stable Comfort by Promat Systems for their equine athletes. Today for our Attack and Habit segment, we have an author on. Uh, we like to have authors on occasionally. This is of a children's book because, you know, we all have to buy uh, gifts for kids, whether they're nieces or nephews or grandkids or our kids. Or, but uh, And one of the things we want to do is get them, uh, you know, get them something that really gets them to think and read and actually use their brain other than for video games. And uh, we think that this book we're, gonna, we're talking about here, which is Two Folds, A Dash of Sprinkles and a Cherry on Top is what it's called, by uh, Brittany mm. Beavis, might be one of those things you want to take a look for. So let's talk to the author, Brittany Beavis. Well, hi, Brittany, and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, we're talking about your book. Now, is this the first book you've written, or have you done others? No, this is the, the first book I've written. I've always wanted to write a children's book specifically and um the opportunity came about so i'm very excited about it are are do you have children i assume no no (laughs) No, um (laughs) i'm actually a a fairly young author i'm just 27 and uh this book was published last year so it's been out for about a year now so i wrote it when i was 25 i think so this is looking for, see, this is clever, Helena. She's going to have her mm-hmm. own books that she's written for her own kids with what she wants in them for her own kids in the I future. Know. That you know, what, you know what we call that up here in New England? Wicked smart. <laughs> it's wicked smart. <laughs> Tell us about Two Folds, A Dash of Sprinkles and a Cherry on Top, which I think is a cute name. And by the way, the cover is just making me hungry. It has it a is. picture of a banana <laughs> We've been talking it. about food yeah. all day. That's a super cute cover. <laughs> Well, actually, the illustrator of the book is my aunt, and uh, she, she's she been an art teacher when she was younger. She owned an art studio, and 
she's always done uh, more realistic style paintings and uh, of landscape and uh, still life, especially. And this was her first children's book, and she doesn't have any uh, knowledge of horses. I've grown up in the horse industry my whole life. I've been riding since I was 13 years old, but um, she didn't know anything about horses, so we had to go through um, quite a few phone calls and sending reference pictures back and forth to make sure that, um, you know, it was very important to me that the horses looked right, and especially for the audience I was intending this for. I wanted to make sure the, the images were fun and playful, but still realistic and well, that's tough to do. You know, they say that uh, when you're drawing or painting, horses are one of the toughest things you can do. Humans mm-hmm. are easier than horses, you know, um, to make them look right. And we've all seen bad pictures of horses. And I'm looking at the Ugh. pages here in the magazine, and uh, they look good. Yeah. Two folds of dashes, sprinkles, and a chain Now, and, Helena, she sort of understated, too. She said, oh, I've been in the horse world and stuff. She's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit about. I mean, you're not you're not just like making up stuff about horses. What what's your experience? Um, I've been showing paint horses since I was about thirteen. Uh, I'm 27 now, so that seems like a pretty long time. Um, I've started out doing local open shows. I uh, actually grew up in Punta Gorda, Florida, and I had a trainer down there and just kind of rose through the ranks and I eventually moved out to Aubrey, Texas, which is pretty much um, horse country out here, um, you know, for the middle part of the United States. And I've been showing in youth. Um, now I show in amateur and non-pro competitions. I believe I have, this sounds bad, but I'd have to check. I believe I have about um, eight world championship titles. Yeah. Right see, now. See what I was saying? Dress. See, I knew that. <laughs> That's why I said it was kind of understated. How many of us, we were talking about goals earlier in the show and, and you know, goals for the new year. You obviously knew how to set goals and achieve them if you end up with eight world championships. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at 27. I've, yeah, I've been very blessed to have um, very nice horses and my parents have helped me out, you know, with the ability to be able to show while I was still in college and now that I'm out of school and have a real job, um, I have to, you know, figure out a way to do it on my own. But I think that's something that a lot of people, um, you know, are encountering nowadays. And you can do it. You just have to have a budget and, and set goals and really stay focused on what you want to accomplish. What was the message in the book? What's the message? Well, Actually, an, an interesting note is that I wrote the first draft for this book when I was in third grade, I believe. It was first school assignment, and granted, I was much younger then, so it was a very abbreviated version, but the general idea about, um, with the religious element, with God creating all of the animals and, um, you know, then coming up with uh, one of the last animals, the horse, and then feeling that it wasn't quite as as, uh, you know, magnificent all, as all the other animals he created and feeling that he needed um, to do something a little bit special with it. That idea was something I came up when I was younger and um, just kind of expanded on the story over the years. And um, it's really, I think it's a, it's a good message for children that, you know, we are all unique, you know, in, in our own special way and that, you know, something that may seem to be um, maybe a, 
irregularity or, or something that we don't necessarily see in ourselves to be a good thing um, can turn out to be the most special thing about us. So I, I think it has a pretty good message for well, for the target age range I was looking for. I really, really like, and I'm not going to give it away, no, no spoilers here. Uh, <laughs> I really, really like how paint horses got started, and that's explained in your book, how, how paints came to be. So, And it has yeah. a lot to do that's with a cool story. the dash of sprinkles and a cherry on top. So <laughs> I think that's really cute. Well, this book is available. Uh, we'll put a link to it on our Facebook page. Um, and, and also on our website to where you can buy the book. It's called, if you, if you Google search it, I found it too. It's Two Foals, A Dash of Sprinkles, and A Cherry on Top. It's written by Brittany Beavis. And Brittany, will you come back sometime and talk about paint horses and, and your competitions and what, what that's all like in that world? Of course, I would love to. And I also wanted to give you, um, you know, obviously the book is for sale on the website, but I have had quite a few people that have asked for holiday gifts to if I would autograph mm-hmm. um, any of them. And I do have a limited number of autographed copies. So okay. if anyone would be interested in that, I have a personal Facebook page, Brittany Beavis. They could send me a private message and I'm sure we could work something out. And that's B-E-V-I-S, uh, B-E-V-I-S. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Brittany. We appreciate you being on. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Helena, that's been a fun show. We've had a lot of terrific guests, talked about a lot of neat things, and and I wanted to mention the schedule coming up. We'll be back again next week, and then the following week is Christmas week already, and we have our special all-hosts episode, which we recorded the other night, and we have a lot of hosts now since we first started that, don't we? We do. I Yeah, I just kind of had to sit back and listen because everybody was just great. I mean, what a nice family, growing family we have. I think when we literally, first started, it was like, you, me, and literally. Chris. <laughs> it was three of us. And uh, you and me first, and then you and me and Chris, and then it expanded. We had, I think I counted nine hosts on the show the other night. So, Well, uh, nine, nine shows. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. We had a good time with it. You'll hear that Christmas week. That'll be played across all of the shows. And then the, uh, New Year's week, we have, a, we have a, a recorded Best Of episode that's coming up on New Year's. And then we'll be back alive again in 2013. So that's Back alive. We'll back be back alive. alive. We'll be, we'll be raised alive. from the dead. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're actually taking Christmas week off off. We're going to uh, do a staycation here. We're, we figured we live in this cool place in Florida. We're going to get to see some, We're going to do some day trips around Florida. Are you going to take so. your bikes again? Are you going to get Jennifer? Yeah, we've basically? done that. Actually, we're thinking about Christmas Day taking our bikes. There's this really neat path that uh, is paved and everything, and it's about five miles long, and it, it, it takes you, it ends at the, from a park in Florida and ends at the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and it's this pavilion that's overlooking the Gulf of Mexico, and you ride your bikes, the only way you can get to it. Um, and last time we were there, there were dolphins and everything right out from us. So uh, we're thinking about doing that on Christmas Day with my brother and actually to, uh, taking a little bike ride. Which we can nice. do down here because it's 75 degrees. Because we can do from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we can't have snow, we might as well do something, right? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if we can't works. have snow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, where, what are sh- you guys? Are you anything special? Are you hanging around home? You going to take a, take a walk to the beach? I'm going to take a walk to the beach in my pajamas. I'm going to get on Brody <laughs> in my jammies. I can't wear like the soft ones, though, the silky ones, because I'll slide right off. <laughs> so I'll have to get some jammies and maybe take a ride down to the beach and play with all our horsey treats that, you know, we, we don't really get each other presents. We get the pets presents. We get our horses and our cats and dogs presents. So we'll eat a lot of food and 
basically spend the day cleaning up the mess we make in the morning. There you go. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, we'll be back again next week, the week before Christmas. Don't miss us uh, at stablescoop.com. All of our shows for the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And you can send Helena an email at helena at horseradionetwork.com or me at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's it for this week, Helena. Chat with you again next. That's plenty. In the meantime, happy scooping and happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>